Okay, so my guest today is very near and dear to my heart because he is from my area in Washington State, which we also know is my favorite place in the world. Um, he's gone from high school and college soccer star to accountant, to stand-up comedian, to content creator. Um, his life advice and hacks mixed with comedy are striking a chord with 5.6 million TikTok followers and counting. It is my pleasure to welcome Josh Otusanya. Yay. Hi, Josh. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. I mean, you are from my home. How could I not have you? How could I, you know, I love, I'm from Everett, so we're, we're neighborish. Um, and it is truly my favorite place in the whole world. Yeah, yeah. That is so awesome because, you know, it's funny because like I would say the last 10 or so years, mm-hmm. I haven't gotten the opportunity to spend a significant amount of time home. Mm-hmm. So since this pandemic, since I've been home, I'm really appreciating. I want to visit home all the time now, like very frequently. Right. It's uh, it's a great place, especially summertime in the Pacific Northwest. Because it's mm-hmm. like you get, you know, a true summer, you get true seasons. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I enjoy about, about being home. So, yeah. Okay, so tell me, how did you go from growing up in Lake Stevens to moving to New York? Like, tell me all about your journey. It's, I find it so fascinating. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, growing up in Lake Stevens, my first <laughs> dream ever yeah. was to be a professional soccer player. Yes, I read that. Yeah, like Lisa, it was the uh, that was the number one thing. That's uh-huh. what I wanted. I played it uh, for multiple club teams in the area and mm-hmm. Lake Stevens High School as well. Yeah. And then I got the opportunity to play Division One soccer in Illinois for a school called Bradley University. Yes, yes, I know it. My, uh, I did PR in Las Vegas, and that's where my boss went, and she loved it. She really? always raved about it. <laughs> really, small world. What? I know. Cool. I know. <laughs> Yay. So you did that. You moved to Chicago, went to Bradley, and then you were injured, right? Yeah. So I remember when preseason started, uh-huh. that first like week, I pulled my hamstring and I redshirted my whole first year. Oh, no. <laughs> that's so awful. Like going, that was your dream. And then, you know, one little injury, not little, but, and it like, it has potential to ruin, you know, your path. Yeah, it, it definitely slowed things down. And yeah, me and my coaches decided to not really waste that first year anyway. Mm-hmm. So just sat out and I came back, I played a bit. And then that's when I was having knee issues. It's crazy because heading into college, I was never the injury guy. I was always healthy. <laughs> I was always good, but uh-huh. it's weird. It's like if you get one injury, sometimes it's like the whole body's a machine mm-hmm. and it's Maybe one muscle overcompensates for another. And mm-hmm. now you got a weakness over here. And yeah. Yeah. No, I um I pulled my hamstring. I, I cheered in high school and I pulled my hamstring. Not not massively, but yeah, it was it hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's I was the just worst. I was just <laughs> out for a few games. So, you know. Um, okay, so then did you study accounting in college? I did. Yeah. So my dad's an accountant. So I had no idea what to study. I was like, you know what? My dad's an accountant. Let me just do accounting. So yeah. I studied accounting <laughs> and that's where I started working when I graduated. Yes. Which um, is funnily enough, like one of my dream jobs, if I was good at math, <laughs> I'm not good at math. And so, uh, but I do love the aspect of like being by yourself and at your computer and just in theory, it's one of those jobs that are great, like a baker, 
you know, like to own a bakery. I was like, that'd be amazing until like you think, well, I have to wake up at 5 a.m. to bake the bread. So it's probably not that great. <laughs> right. Accounting, it, it's interesting. It's funny how the way you can learn something in school mm-hmm. can just differ so much than in real life. Yeah. Because when I started, when I started working in like corporate American accounting, mm-hmm. I knew pretty early on, I was like, this is not for me. It's not for-. And I would have coworkers telling me like, I don't think you should be in this industry. They would tell me that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you like start your stand-up career? Yeah. So what happened was in college, as college was ending, mm-hmm. so I was on the soccer team. I was always, I was always cracking jokes. Mm-hmm. I was always like doing impersonations of coaches and, and just cracking jokes all the time. Mm-hmm. So we actually had a comedian named Godfrey mm-hmm. who would, he came to our school mm-hmm. and performed. And he's also, so I'm first generation Nigerian American and he is also. Uh-huh. So he was telling a lot of jokes that were relatable to me that yeah. I connected with. And he was making everyone laugh. And after that moment, everyone at school was like, yo, you need to get on stage. You need to get on stage. Yeah. I always pushed it off. I was like, soccer, soccer, soccer. So mm-hmm. anyway, after graduating, when did I didn't go pro or anything. And mm-hmm. I was just kind of pushing that to the side. And I was working my job. I had so much free time. Right. And... And also, I just moved to downtown Chicago, so I, I needed to make friends, right? right? So I took an improv <laughs> comedy class at Second City, Chicago. Oh, yeah, big one. And Yeah, and then there, from doing improv comedy, mm-hmm. I met people who also like stand-up. So I got immersed in that, and it worked perfectly with my schedule because all of that comedy stuff is typically at night. So I do my day job right. and stuff at night, yeah. Oh, how, like, was it so intimidating your first time? Like oh, when yeah. you're on stage, <laughs> I mean, cause I can't imagine I'm oddly, I'm shy. Like I don't love public speaking, but like, I don't know. It was about two years ago. A ton of my girlfriends started taking stand up classes. They're like, do it with us, do it. With, and I'm like, no way. Like I might be funny to some people, but not to the masses. <laughs> so really, It's funny because the, you give me the impression that uh-huh. you would Crush public speaking and stand-up comedy. Wow. That's like the the impression I get. <laughs> well, thank you. No, I mean, it just, you have to be so, I mean, confident with yourself really because you, you know, if you get up there and you get heckled or like people don't think your jokes are funny, like that would crush my soul. <laughs> so that's what I couldn't deal with. It, it, it is painful. It is very, when it doesn't go well. Yeah. I, I, so like the first time I performed, that's probably <laughs> the most terrified I've been of anything in life. I'm I was sure. actually trembling because I, so there was a comedy club near my campus. Mm-hmm. I tried it once on campus before actually doing it after graduating. Yeah. And I would go and check out open mics just to mm-hmm. see what it's like. And the open mic, it was always empty. No one would show up. So I'm like, okay, this is a safe place for me to. Yeah. And the, the day I signed up, it just happened to get packed. It was like, <laughs> it was like 35, 40 people. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a train wreck. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, How was it? So I went up on stage. Uh-huh. And so the first thing I said was, hey, so this is my first time. And everyone's like, oh, you know, and so they gave me an easy time. So it wasn't that bad. But now, the second time was rough, and the third time was rough. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, because I guess it just, like, um, I know my boss is Lance Bass of NSYNC, and, and he always says, like, the toughest crowds to perform for are, like, Los Angeles and New York, 
because they're used to everybody coming through and the best of the best of the best. And so um, I assume it's probably like that with comedy too. Like it's probably much easier in in smaller spots, but maybe it's not because that's a world that I don't really know. I watch it, but like I've never been immersed in it. Yeah, comedy is one of those things where you have to consistently prove yourself. It doesn't yeah. matter if you are famous. I've seen, you know, very well respected mm-hmm. and well known comedians, even when they're working out jokes, mm-hmm. they'll get that grace period because they're famous of like maybe five, 10 minutes. Oh, we love you. But if the jokes aren't hitting, yeah, it'll get to a point where it's like, yeah. And even they start feeling it on stage sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I just like it when people know a joke has bombed when they like, when they talk about, you know, they're like, oh, that didn't go over well. <laughs> like, I love, I love a bit of self deprecation. But that always helps. There's a way to bomb gracefully. You know, you yeah. say a little thing, like, I don't really like that joke either. And then yeah. the, the crowd starts laughing. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. uh, so then you move to New York. Right. Yeah. Uh Went to New York, traveled out there. Uh And I figured that because I was doing a lot of stuff in Chicago Mm -hmm. and I even went and performed in Scotland in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And I was like, I should probably go to New York and just swim with the bigger fish out there. And Mm -hmm. that that was I mean, New York is amazing. And like you said, New York, people in New York, they've seen and experienced everything. You got to come correct. Mm -hmm. And the New York style of things is it's in your face. So they let you know immediately if they like you or don't like you Mm -hmm. there's no filter to it no there is not i went to um was it the gotham comedy club is that like the big one there yeah gotham is one of the big ones yeah yeah my friend uh do you know kevin meany no he's a stand-up in new york yes he was he's he's since passed away but um he invited me and some friends to a show there and it was really cool like the just the vibe is cool I don't know. I, I really like that. Um, I do have a question about performing in Scotland, though. Was So it was for a comedy festival. So I'm assuming it's like people from kind of everywhere. But how do you get your comedy to translate from like American to Scottish? You know, because we are different. So like, what was that like? It's it, it's different. Uh-huh. It's so there's certain universal things. So there's certain material, like for yeah. example, when I was in New York mm-hmm. or even Chicago at the time, when I went to Scotland, certain jokes, maybe like talking about riding the L train in Chicago, you right. have to kind of throw away some of that material. <laughs> yeah. And I found that when you are in, in that situation, mm-hmm. in another country, you're cl- clearly not from there. Mm-hmm. Even just the freedom of not necessarily leaning on your material and just commenting, like just kind of riffing. So right. getting up on stage, like, wow, so guys, it's my first time in Scotland. I had no idea y'all had X, Y, Z or something, something like that. Right. Kind of letting them know that this is a new experience for you also. Mm-hmm. Building that intimacy with the audience helps a lot. Yeah, I would think so. Because, I mean, in Scotland, they're very like... <laughs> They tell it like it is, you know what I mean? It's like they're they're an unforgiving uh, group of people. Like they're New York, but but they swear more. You know, it's like <laughs> I just feel like that would be such a intimidating crowd. But I mean, once you hit like there, New York, Chicago too, it's like you can kind of conquer anything. I would think. Yeah, that, that's what they say, right? If you can, if you can do it in New York, I guess if you can. Because New York, yeah, 
it's a city that will really kind of ground you down. Even if you're yeah. not a performer, just the way of living, how expensive things are. Oh. And just <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's no joke. Did you live in Manhattan? No, I lived in Brooklyn, actually. Okay. I So I lived there for six months when Lance did Hairspray back in like 2007, I think it was. And that was like my first like real New York experience. And I was like, my God, everything is so expensive. <laughs> it just, it's different. People move so much faster. LA is so laid back and Washington state laid back, but there it's like, nope, you just, you know, they tell it like it is and you need to be quick paced. And, but I also feel like in New York, more stuff gets done because it's not so laid back. That's true. Yeah. It's like people are always in a rush, in a hurry. It, Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember one time I, like when I first got to New York, mm -hmm. you know, when you see those, I can't remember like their movies or commercials where it's always that person who's a fish out of water their first time in New York, oh, yeah. someone bumps into them like, Hey, what? And then that person just doesn't care. <laughs> that would happen to me when I first got there. They just didn't care. They're like, I got somewhere to go places to be. And yeah, you're, you, you're spot on. You're spot on. Yeah. It's like move out of the way you're in my city. I'm not in yours. Kind of like that's how I felt. I was like, yeah, yeah no, that's true. That's true. And another thing I found so infuriating about New York is when it's cold, you know, you bundle up, you're wearing all these layers and then you step into a store and it's 150 degrees and it's yeah. like stifling. So you're ripping everything off, like your scarf and your mittens and you're carrying all this stuff around. I was like, no, I got to go back to LA. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's like, yeah, those, those days, those, those periods where it's so cold and let's say you're even trying to hop on the train and you just shopped and then you get on the train and now it's packed and it's hot. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. It is so brutal. Um, okay. So the pandemic hits and you move back to Lake Stevens into your parents' house and all your siblings also moved back, right? Yep. Whole family just came back and it was the first time we're all together in one place that long for, I mean, cause we've all been all over the place. So yeah. Was, How was it? It was awesome. Actually. It was really great. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, like I mentioned, so when I, because I was in Chicago and New York, I was only showing up at home for like maybe a few days at a time for holidays. Right. So being home every day and really getting to rebond with my siblings yeah. Awesome. It was really cool. Are you guys all close in age or are you kind of, I mean, there's what, th three or four of you? Four, yeah. So I'm four. the oldest of four. Oh, okay. So I'm, yeah. I'm 27. And then my brother under me is 26. Mm -hmm. And then my sister is 22. And then my brother is 21. Oh, no. oh, wow. So like two sets of Irish twins almost. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me how you started on TikTok. Because I've like done some, but it's so overwhelming to me. I'm like, it, it, it's a full-time job. I mean, it really is to edit and, and do all of the, you know, your skits and stuff. So how, how did you get started in that? It, yeah, it's a good question. So I, what happened? So essentially right before the pandemic hit, so I would say actually fall of 2019, mm -hmm. I heard people talking about it, mm -hmm. but didn't take it seriously. And it also didn't pop off the way it popped off now. Right. So I downloaded it. I kind of looked at it. Mm -hmm. I, like, I don't really get it. I threw, I threw up a few videos, but I didn't really take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And then, what oh yeah. Then I posted one random video. So I had spent years on YouTube to no success at that point. <laughs> so <laughs> I took an old YouTube video mm -hmm. and I like clipped it up and mm -hmm. then I threw it up there. And then like I show up the next day and I was like, whoa, 
it went to like a million views. I was like, what? I've never seen that on YouTube. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Re- and it was just complete luck at that point. Mm-hmm. And so when the new year hit, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put YouTube to the side mm-hmm. and I'll see what happens. I'll post one video a day, mm-hmm. see what happens. Um, I'll give it a period of time. Mm-hmm. And most of the videos weren't performing, but mm-hmm. it's weird. It's like TikTok, it's it's one of those platforms where you're one video away from everything kind of taking yeah. off. Yeah, it's it's insane. That is, I mean, so completely true. And I feel like the thing like TikTok versus YouTube, YouTube is like you have to go, I mean, you can watch it on your on your phone, but TikTok's so easy and everything's bite size. So it's like you you can watch things quick. And then like I find myself in a spiral. Like I was watching your TikToks and I'm like, I'm gonna watch the next one and the next one and the next one. And there's something about doing it in pieces versus me watching a YouTube video that's 20 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Short form content is is taking off. Mm-hmm. It, it, honestly, I, Bite-sized content is definitely the future of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I even see comedians who, instead of putting like their whole hour-long special mm-hmm. on YouTube, because mm-hmm. a lot of comedians are doing that now, right. they'll actually chop up their their sets into clips, yeah. like little bits, like three-minute stand-up sets, and just throw them all up there, mm-hmm. and they get more views per video because people binge-watch them that way. Yeah, it's just, it is. It's so bizarre. Like, um, I did a TV show called The Circle, and which you got up, you, you auditioned for. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I was doing like, my friend said, do like question and answers where people ask you questions and like, you know, you answer them. And so I did. And some have like 6,000 views, some have 20. And I'm like, what, what is the difference? Like, and the topics all weren't that interesting to me, but it's just, you're right. Like, who like what makes a good TikTok video? What is going to hit? There's an algorithm. I mean, there's so many different variables. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's it's a very it's kind of unpredictable because I'll say like some of the the videos I feel like I've worked the hardest on mm-hmm. and really prepared for didn't perform very well, and the ones that I just did not even. I didn't try as hard mm-hmm. on or I just didn't expect it to did the best. It's pretty unpredictable. Yeah, no, that's just, it's so crazy. But yeah, you're right. Like you are one video away from like your life changing. I mean, mm-hmm. in a way, um, how did you come up with your TikTok plan? Like, how did you decide like that you were going to offer life advice and play yourself as two characters? Like, how did you come up with that? Or did it just kind of happen? Yeah, so it, Basically, my TikTok videos are the TikTok version of what I was trying to do on YouTube. So okay. I had the idea in my head for a while. Mm-hmm. But when I was so I was downloading tick, my YouTube videos and trying to throw them on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I mean, most of them weren't performing. I had the one that like really blew up. Right. But most of them were just not doing well. So I was like, OK, maybe this doesn't work on TikTok. Maybe no one cares. So mm-hmm. I pivoted and I was talking. I was doing like random top five countries with this like i was just doing random fast Mm -hmm. trying to find myself Mm -hmm. and then eventually it just morphed into me trying to do the life advice thing again Uh but this time you know instead of downloading a youtube video just putting up my phone and being in the camera and trying to do the skit thing and trial and error yeah yeah because i mean i did well obviously a 60 second video on tiktok and it took me two hours 
and it wasn't even hard. It was literally like me showing pictures of things and putting some text on it. But like to clip it and like make everything seamless, I'm like, I don't know how people do this. This is so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can take, yeah. It, it's funny how much time can go into a short form piece of right? <laughs> a video. It, it really does. And I remember a friend of mine was like, it's my full-time job. And I'm like, really? Like, and then I did one video and I was like, okay, totally understand how it's a full-time job. But I like that though. Content creation as a job for people, I think is so cool. Yeah. It's, it's wild. The possibilities in 2021 and beyond with yeah. social media, you can have a career in basically anything now. Yeah. Awesome. No, it's true. Cause like, I follow random stuff from like crime scene cleanups to like behind the scenes of like a flight attendant or math tips. I, I mean, I'm horrible at math, but I think it's so cool. Like all these tips that teachers are giving or like what it's like to live in a different country. Like all the stuff that I'm learning is just so incredible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> there's so much amazing content out there yeah. it's, it's impeccable and it's also changing the way we consume media as well because mm -hmm. you know youtube is probably netflix's biggest competitor or oh a hundred percent yeah I, like I have a 13 year old nephew and he has a tv in his room and i i was like oh do you have a dvr he's like oh i never watch tv i'm like what do you mean he's like i watch youtube and i'm like well what do you watch on youtube he's like Oh, I watch people playing video games and I'm like, well, why don't you just play that? It's so weird to me. It's like, cause I grew up in the eighties and nineties where TV was everything like recording on my VCR, but kids today, that's not what they're doing. Yeah. And, and I really resonate with that, with what you said as well. Cause I mean, I'm a millennial, so mm -hmm. I was born in 93. So I came up in the time where you were speaking of where TV was the thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, VHS tapes, yep. all of that. And then it's like halfway through, uh -huh. it was like, y'all need to forget about that. <laughs> like, and yeah. just shift. Whereas Gen Z and beyond are like, this is what they're, the age they're coming up in. Yeah. Cause, um, I was, I was born in 1978. So I, the 80s were really like my time. And then, you know, middle school, high school were the 90s. But, I remember, I think it was when I was in middle school, almost to high school, there were these things called laser discs before DVD came out. So they were big, like a record and people had like a laser disc player. I swear they lasted for five seconds. It was like, they were all the rage and literally the next day gone. It was like, nobody had a laser. We didn't even get one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. Just how quickly the technology has like moved at the pace that it's moved. It's, it's insane. You know? It is really insane. Yeah. And it, I, honestly, mm -hmm. people might say I'm kind of young, but I also am starting to already feel out of touch. When I scroll through TikTok and I just see some of the, I'm like, dang, Gen Z, I'm just, they're already, it moves that fast. Yeah. If you're not up to date with like the newest yep. music artists or the newest trends mm -hmm. or it moves really quickly. I know. That's why I love having a 13 year old nephew. Cause he's like telling me he knows all about Spotify. And I'm like, I don't really like know how to use Spotify. And he's like, you know, tells me he's listening to lo-fi beats. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> like, right, right, I'm right. so old. And I'm always like, aren't I cool, Riley? And he's like, no, you're not cool at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you come up with your tips, like your life advice? Is it like personal experience or do you like study it? Or like, how do you come up with it? Yeah, so in the beginning, it was a lot of personal experience. And so 
just to backtrack a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I've always had friends that are older than me my whole life. Mm -hmm. So people have always said, oh, you're very wise for your age. You're very, mm -hmm. but really it just came from me having conversations with people who just had experiences that I haven't had yet. Mm -hmm. So I've always kind of been an old soul in that regard. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my tips for a while were just coming from life experiences or wisdom that my friends or older people have told me. Mm -hmm. And then at this point, what I try to do is I try to set a goal of reading like one to two books a month. Um, I primarily use Audible. Love Audible. Oh, great. <laughs> yes, me too. I'm a big reader. <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of tips like that, that, that come from reading those books and mm -hmm. acquiring knowledge from people who are smarter mm -hmm. or just me trying to look up studies where like psychologists talk about, okay, like there's one study, this random one mm -hmm. by a psychologist named um, Ellen Langer, if I'm mm -hmm. saying her name correctly, where just like persuasion, it, it sounds really obvious, but when asking for something, mm -hmm. Just using the word because, and it sounds obvious, but yeah. a lot of people will ask for things without saying the word because, and it just drastically improves the probability of someone saying yes. Really? Yeah, wow. just saying because, and, the, the, and here's the funny thing too, mm -hmm. the study she conducted found that your reason doesn't even need to be that good. It, <laughs> sometimes people just need to hear a reason mm -hmm. to comply, which is really interesting. Right. Um, this is kind of off topic, but not. I, I saw this movie called Compliance. Have you seen this movie? No, I haven't. It was a true story. I saw it so long ago. But basically, this girl worked at a fast food restaurant. And this guy called and he said that he was a police officer. And something had happened. Maybe there was a break-in in the, in the fast food place. But he got her to do all these things just because he said he was a police officer she didn't even know mm -hmm. and it was fascinating like he had her do like crazy things and she did them just because he's like but I'm a police officer you know so if if you also if you um portray that you're in a position of authority I think people also comply that's very true. And it, it, that's very, very true. In fact, another, specifically with persuasion, another mm -hmm. source of experience I pull the, the tips from is just when I transitioned from accounting over to sales. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of the training I was received, like that tip you gave is huge. If you can establish authority yeah. up front, or even just saying, hey, look, you know, I've, I've been working in this industry for about five years and we're with companies like you, mm -hmm. and what we've seen success with, like little things like that can it's, it's really fascinating stuff. I, I majored in accounting, uh -huh. but I probably should have chose psychology. It's just really interesting. I know. I find psychology interesting as well. That was my first major. But then it was like you had to do a lot of math, like statistics. And I was like, no, never mind. But uh, another thing that people always say, too, it's like pretend that you know what you're doing. Like pretend that you belong there. You know what I mean? Like, I know that people would say this, like to sneak backstage at a, at a concert, right? It's like, yeah. just pretend that you're supposed to be there and walk with authority. And like, it it's worked for so many people I know. <laughs> yep, walking with authority. Yeah, people, so much of communication is nonverbal. And if you just show mm -hmm. and act as if you belong there, people largely won't question it. I know, it's bizarre. I'm like too chicken, but I'm a big rule follower. <laughs> I'm always like, no, I can't, I can't. Um, so I actually have started following your, uh, your stop being too nice tips because, oh. <laughs> because I am such a push pushover and I'm like, I'm very agreeable and nice, but, um, so I'm going to tell everyone your tips. 
if you don't mind. Um, Try going a whole day without saying I'm sorry. I'm so guilty of this. I apologize (laughs) for everything. Like when it's not my fault, just to, so it's over. I'm sorry. Now, have you practiced this in your life? Yeah. And the the inspiration for that video, it's relatable to you is that I used to be the biggest people pleaser. It was one of my worst habits. Me too. I'm so afraid of like, Oh, do they not like me? And used to be my biggest thing. And so even that little tip, the Mm -hmm. first one is one that I practice because it's like, if someone bumps into me, I'll say, sorry. I I, like, I would say sorry for that. Me too. you doing Josh you know it's mm-hmm. you didn't do anything wrong or even this is even crazier if you bump into an inanimate object and you reflexively say sorry <laughs> guilty guilty I'm so guilty of that um and then your second tip is start saying no more often because it's a complete sentence which I really like and I really really struggle with this one like saying no like people if five people asked me tonight do you want to hang out I would say yes to all of them because I just like I panic and I genuinely want to hang out with those people but it's like in turn you make those people mad because then you have to cancel on all of them but one right so right. yeah that um saying no is also super hard for me have you gotten better at that yes absolutely because it it, it just you don't feel good it's because adding on to what I was saying before is mm-hmm. I used to always just comply or say yes, or if I didn't really want to do, if I didn't really want to go to that event or that party or whatever, mm-hmm. but I feel like I don't want, I don't want to let them down. I would just say yes and show up. Mm-hmm. They'll also pick up on my vibe of not wanting to be there. Right. And I found that people also, when you kind of, weirdly enough, people kind of respect you more when you are able, when you have some sort of boundaries or, yeah. oh, no worry, I'll meet you up later. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. I know you're busy. Things like that. Yeah, I agree. And then I don't know if it's like this for you, but you'll say yes to please people. And then when you get there, you're resentful. You're like angry that you're there on the inside. And it's like, well, it's my own fault. (laughs) I didn't have to go. I know I, uh, I have some friends uh, now, a group of friends, and we're just like, if we don't feel like doing something, if we commit to something on a Tuesday that's happening on a Friday and Friday comes and we don't want to do it, we're just like, yeah, we really don't want to do it. And like everyone's cool with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's important that you find people like that. But I think that also comes with age, you know, too. That too. That mm-hmm. too because I, yeah, I agree with that. I know when I was, when I was younger, I had a way bigger urge or want to fit in with everyone. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Um, and your number three tip is don't associate with people who don't respect you, which I think I've gotten pretty good at because I'm 43 now. I mean, when even 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. But so I think I have that tip down. <laughs> so that, that's one that I've, I'm practicing already. That one's a, that's a powerful one too, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I, yeah. Like, like what you said, I feel like as we get older, we realize that yeah, it's, it's, look, if, if, if a certain relationship is literally ruining your quality of life, yeah, yeah it's yes. not, it's not worth it. Life is too short to just be stressing over things like that. Right. Like I have friends, um, cause you know, you do have those friends that you just accept. You just, you know, that they're a certain way and maybe things drive you crazy, but you're just like, that's them. And it's either end the friendship or continue. But I have friends that are like energy suckers. Do you, I don't know if you have those, but like where <laughs> it's exhausting to hang out with them. So you have to do it in like small, like once a month for a couple hours. And then it's like, you know, because you love yeah. them, but it's just, it's too much. 
That's true. And and that's like the, the nuance of it too, is that no one's perfect, right? So mm-hmm. we have to know what we're willing to tolerate and what we're willing to not tolerate. Exactly. Um, and I watched your latest YouTube video. Um, were you driving through like Stevens? It was really pretty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, that's gotta be in Washington. Um, and I just think you gave such great advice. Um, cause I, even at 43, you said something, um, where you were talking about how every year people are getting married and having kids and, you know, being at the place where they're supposed to be at a certain age. And I'm telling you, I mean, you're only 27 and I'm 43 and that's still, I feel like that still happens. So it's like when I was 30, I was like, I, I should be married with kids and like off to my career start. And it's like, it did not turn out that way. And my, I don't even felt, feel like I really f- not figured it out, but like, I didn't really become who I feel like I'm going to be forever until I was probably like 37 or 38. So you still have plenty of time, you know, like don't feel pressured. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said because it's I feel like as we grow up, there's these imaginary rules that we're given of yeah. this is where you need to be at every area of life. When in reality, nah, like a lot of us are still figuring things out and there's no rules. You no. can you can start your career at any age, you can yeah. pursue your dreams at any time if you have the resources to. Mm-hmm. There's no rules like that in it's your life, right? You can kind of do Mm-hmm. And your dreams change and your goals change. And that's just how it is. And like, I am not going to have kids. I just feel like I'm a better aunt. I have a niece and a nephew than I would be a mother. And it just society still is so weird about women not having kids. You know what I mean? It's just, it's such a weird pressure. And I'm like, but I'm happy, you know? And it's not that I don't like kids. It's just, I feel like I and better as an ant. See, that's a, that's another thing. Cause sometimes when I go live on TikTok, mm-hmm. people ask, oh, Josh, well, how do I be happier? What's happiness? And I feel like there's a lot of different ways to answer it, but I agree with what you said is you, you just have to define what happiness means for you mm-hmm. and try to live as close to that as possible. Like, like we said, it's, it's your life, right? You're the only one who lives with your own decisions. If you do something because mm-hmm. someone else said it, or you're a little bit pressured to, mm-hmm. they're not going to live with that decision. You have to, and it just makes you unhappy as a result of it. Exactly. No, I totally agree. And you know, you, I didn't feel like I not was a failure, but when I hit 40, it was a couple months before my birthday, I cried like every day because I'm like, I'm single, I'm still in the same career position and you know, whatever, because it's like, it's the number and it's like, it's just a number, right? And then I was like, but I'm happy. So that like, it, it was kind of a big realization once I turned 40. It's like, I'm happy in my life. So if everybody else isn't happy for me, then why are they around? So yeah, I think that that we're all just constantly growing and society is changing and, you know, people are becoming more self-aware and I like that there's more talk about like mental health and, and things like that to, and people are getting coping mechanisms and I don't know, I'm excited to see where society goes in the next like 10, 20 years. Yeah. It's nice because we're, we're starting to, our minds are opening up Mm -hmm. like there's, there's all the traditional, like, this is how you should live your life. And these are the certain checkpoints you have to have. A lot of them are getting broken down, Yeah, you know, and we're realizing that there's a lot more possible mm-hmm. than what was initially given to us. I agree. Um, and I also loved your advice on how to be funny, like a comedian, 
But I feel like that's just life advice for everyone. Like you talked about, you know, on social media, having content that makes you happy and makes you laugh and like surrounding yourself around funny people. And it's like, I think I have the funniest friends in the world. And there is something about that. Like there's nothing like a good laugh. Like really, it's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. That's another beautiful thing about laughter and comedy is that mm-hmm. it's universal. You know, if if you see someone tripping on a oh. banana peel, someone else somewhere else is going to think that's <laughs> funny too. Like laughter and joy is a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, uh, videos of people falling, as long as like they don't hurt themselves, is one yeah. of my favorite things in the world. Like even when I laugh or even when I fall, I want people to laugh. I mean, if my bone isn't sticking out of my arm, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's just stuff like that. And you're right, memes and just why wouldn't you want to laugh? Like people that are grumpy all the time, I'm like, nothing makes you laugh. Like what a sad existence. Right. It's so funny you say that. It's like, because one thing comedians we always comment about is every once in a while, you're going to have a show where there's always going to be that one person in the front of the audience. Yeah. Like, it's like, and it's, like <laughs> it's like, okay, even if you don't find the jokes funny, you got to give yourself permission to enjoy the experience. Like, yes. don't, it's like they showed up there to just, to scowl. It's like, how is that enjoyable? Stay home. You know, I mean, I've been, I've been known to like pee my pants. Even I laugh. So I'm just a laugher. My nickname is giggles. Cause like (laughs) I laugh and uh, all my friends say, if I'm ever going to do stand up comedy, I want you in the front row. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) of course I'll be in the front row. Cause everything is funny. Like talking animals and commercials cracks me up or like, like I said, people falling, clever memes. I mean, it's just, I, I just love laughing. I got to say, a, I got to be honest. Love that. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. And speaking of laughing, like what makes you laugh the most? Well, I mean, I laugh, at, I laugh at a lot of things. It could be a meme. Uh-huh. It could be, I've scrolled through Twitter and just busted out laughing. Uh-huh. It, it could literally be anything. I'm similar to you in that I'm a very easy laugh also. So if I go to a comedy, if I just watch something, I'm going to be laughing a lot. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot to make me laugh. Me too. I'm easily amused. But I think that that's a great quality because it's like we're happy people. You know what I mean? You can see that you can find the humor in everything, right? And yeah. Things. Like even, you know, I, I also am guilty of laughing during uncomfortable things, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> like getting the church giggles. I don't know if that's ever happening to you, like you're in church and something strikes you as funny and I just like lose my mind. And my mom and dad would be like, oh my God, shut up. (laughs) Crying, I'm like, I gotta leave, I gotta leave. (laughs) Um, Okay, and what is next for you? Like what's happening? Are you going back to New York? Are you gonna stick around like Stevens? Yeah, so I don't have a definite date to go back to New York. Uh I I think the good news is things are finally opening back up. Mm -hmm. So as things open back up, I really want to see what's possible. I mean, because a lot of what I've done is so virtual and yeah. in house in this house, mm-hmm. right? That it'd be cool to go out, maybe, maybe do commercials, maybe mm-hmm. try to tour, maybe like all kinds of stuff, and just see what's possible. Yeah, and I think that I mean I don't know, but TikTok, your your massive following on TikTok, that's probably opening more doors. I would think, like you're, Definitely. yeah, you're you're meeting more people and. Yeah, I just find if you if you have a big following on social media, it's like that's your your big entrance into big things. 
Yeah, it's it's and it's also allowed. I mean, meeting. I mean, us meeting, like meeting cool people. Yeah. You're from the area that is so cool. You know, when I saw that, the Everett Herald, I was like, what? That's awesome. You know, so. I know. And I saw the reporter told me that she had in that she was going to interview you. I don't think that she had yet. And I was like, oh my god, that's so random. Lake Stevens and you know the circle, and it was I don't know. It's so weird, but yeah, small world. Very small world. Very yeah. small. Okay, and I always end the show with my guests telling me a funny story that has happened to them. So tell tell me yours. (laughs) Tell me yours. (laughs) Okay, so this is what, so I was, I would say I was like 10 or 11. Uh So yeah, so Lake Stevens, different house though. Uh So I had a crush in the neighborhood. Her name was Ashley. She lived down the street Uh and she was one year older than me. So I was like 10, she was 11. Mm -hmm. And dad did a lot of like, manual labor stuff so mm-hmm. he would like fix fences and that sort of thing and her dad and my dad knew each other uh-huh. so he would like uh come over help fix some stuff and sometimes he would bring ashley as well and i was mm-hmm. like oh i have a crush on her oh she's uh, you know but i didn't know how to talk to her or anything <laughs> and then one time he came to fix our fence and so it was me uh and my other friend mm-hmm. uh, his name is patrick in the neighborhood and then Ashley, we're just talking in, mm-hmm. in our front yard, just talking. But I was just, I was trying, doing the most, trying to crack jokes and, you know, be cool in front of her and everything. Uh-huh. And as I'm talking, you know, in the middle of talking, I feel something on my head. Like, I feel something hit my head, right? Oh. <laughs> oh, no. But, you know, but I'm thinking I'm, you know, I'm, so, I'm cool, you know, I'm cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, impressing my crush. Uh-huh. And I feel something hit my head. And as I'm talking... No. I look over at Patrick and I see his face. He looks up at the top of my head. He's like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, what? I look over at my crush. I look at Ashley. She's like, oh. And they both start laughing. And I was like, wait, what? What, what are they laughing at? And then, so I look up in the sky. I see one, just one bird, right? <laughs> one bird just circling around above us. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, no. And I look at them, they're, they're in tears, they're laughing. Oh my God. Oh, oh no. And then I put my head on my head. <laughs> oh no. And I'm like, a bird just pooped on my head. <laughs> oh my God, how embarrassing. And you're 10 years old. It was so fun because <laughs> I didn't understand that bird's aim is impeccable. Because yeah. there's so much area and this bird found my head and pinpoint, yo. But you know what? <laughs> I did hear somewhere. That that's supposed to be good luck. Really? So maybe he was giving you luck with with Ashley. Really? <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that that well, that makes me feel better. You look back because I remember <laughs> afterward, I was like, I gotta go, guys. You know, they were laughing so much, and I went inside. My mom was like, uh, Nigerian accent. Uh, Josh, Joshua, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like. I go take a shower, mom. I go take a shower, you know. <laughs> Did, oh, so what happened? Did you get the girl, or was was that it for you? So at that point, it just so this is actually it's actually kind of sad because so that day was done. I took a shower. I didn't go back outside. I, I wouldn't have either. But then, funny enough, they had to move. So they moved. Yeah, uh, her dad was like, he he came over one day to talk to my dad. She wasn't with him. He's like, yeah, you know. Um, we got to move. We got another opportunity, whatever, whatever. Uh-huh. And so they moved. So it was like the end of everything. And I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> oh, man. So it wasn't good luck for you. It yeah, wasn't. You know. uh, do you, <laughs> have you have you found her? 
Just because like I'll look people up from like elementary school just to see. Never, because I mean, I don't even remember or know her last name or anything like that. It was just that oh. child, like, you know, that I didn't know anything else. Yeah, no, I, I had one of those, but well, several of those before. Um, okay, well, thank you so much for being on Laugh Out Loud with Lisa. I'm so glad that you could do this. And I don't know, I just love, I feel a kinship with people from my my home area. So anytime I, I find someone from from the area, I'm like, you need to you need to come on or we need to talk or we need to, you know, have coffee or whatever. Um, how do people stay in touch with you? Like where can people find you? What are your, what are your handles? Yeah. On TikTok, mm-hmm. it's at Josh Otusanya. That's O-T-U-S-A-N as in Nancy Y-A. And then Instagram is at Josh dot Otusanya. O-T-U-S-A-N-Y-A. Yeah. I love your last name, by the way. It's so pretty. Thank you so much. It like really <laughs> glides off the tongue. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. And I hope that we can meet in person someday. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. Of course. Amazing vibes. We got to stay in touch. We will. We will. Love I'm it. coming home to Everett in a couple weeks. It's my niece and nephew. They have birthdays close to each other. So maybe we can meet up then and like, I don't know, shoot a TikTok or something. Yeah. You can show me your ways. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, let's stay in touch. Yeah, Yeah, we will. We will for sure.